It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, everybody. This is Jenny G. Perry, and this is Goddess and Dad, and I want to introduce my guest, Gretchen. Gretchen, I'm so excited to talk to you today. We've been talking for like a half an hour before the show. I always like to try to get, you know, get to know the person more, but I already feel like I know her from Facebook, and like now I feel like we're legit friends. Um, Sometimes you just have that instant connection, and it's so yummy and fun. So, Gretchen, tell them about you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I'm a sales strategist, uh, sassy, badass entrepreneur. Um, I am a mom. I've got two kids. They're eight and 13 and a wife. Um, let's see. I love, I love disaster movies, um, going to the gym and then of course desserts. That's my thing. <laughs> Nobody said life had oh to my make God. Sense, right? Did you say disaster movies? Yes. I love disaster movies. Oh my God. That is so funny because I have to tell you my dream. <laughs> okay. My dream last night. It's, it's so bizarre, but yet that's how dreams are. So in the dream, it was very disastrous. So in the dream, apparently Kings of Leon were playing at this like gas station. Okay. I don't know why. And I like roll up and there's like not many people at the gas station. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like I'm getting to watch them. And then apparently like the military just comes and they're like, I'm sorry, but we need to do a practice drill right now. Like you actually can't have this concert. I'm like, this is freaking ridiculous. So I'm like arguing with the military. And then, um, this Vicky Gundelson from the Real Housewives of Ocean City shows up and she's like flirting with one, of the, with one of the military guys. And I'm like talking to them and it was just like, they were really nice. But then I'm on the beach and they like roll up in like these, like these boats. And they're like, we got to protect the seas because other states could attack us. It was so freaking bizarre. Not scary, but just kind of like, okay, you've been way too much into politics lately, but yet watching the Real Housewives. <laughs> what a mix there. I was like, this is crazy. Well, we were actually talking about movies, and it led us into, like, deeper themes. And I was saying my favorite movie is Pretty in Pink overall. But then, um, you know, I could watch Bad Moms, and I'm not going to lie. The election kind of got me down last week. If you guys are listening to this, like, a couple weeks in advance, this is the week after the election. And I'm not going to lie that I drank a little bit more wine this, this past <laughs> week and watched Bad Moms, like, legit, like, probably three times because – I just, like, there's something about com- comforting about, like, watching a movie that you've seen, like, even Steel Magnolias or something, because you just, like, know how it's going to end up, and, like, I could watch Christmas movies till the end of time. But so what is your favorite disaster movie, then? Um, I, I don't know. That's a really great question. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I know it's not, like, super disaster, but action for sure. A little bit of romance. I like that. Um, but anything, like, end of the earth, like, Contagion or 2012, like, just, like, epic world falling apart, but we're going to stick together. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Is that not, is that not pivotal right now? <laughs> is that not how a lot of people are feeling right now? Seriously. Legit, that's how people... They're like, okay, we broke it. We broke it somehow. <laughs> like, we got to dance together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, so when I was telling her about Bad Moms, how I, like, started to, like, you know, I'm having, like, two glasses of wine, and now I'm like, this is kind of a deep movie, and it's, like, so freaking cliche. I want the, the car in the movie, and I want to just, like, 
be that liberated. And I kind of feel like in the movie, I'm not going to give it away, but Gretchen, you need to watch the movie, and then we're going to talk about the movie afterwards. <laughs> so in the beginning of it, she's trying to hold it together, trying to be everything and do like the science product, projects and all that. That was me when my older kids were younger. So I have a 19-year-old who's actually Miss Ocean City, by the way. Um, I never thought that I had like a pageant queen. It's hilarious. But like I can flip into that pageant mom where I'm like, okay, so smile differently. And it's so funny because I'm just trying to encourage them. So it's like, I'm not that kind of woman. I'm very much like no competition, but I know how to like help, you know, help my kids succeed. But so in the movie, she goes from that to then just like, freaking forget it and like she's driving on this car way too fast and she's just like let herself go and then like even the women that are like surrounding her like what kind of like archetypes they represent you know where the mom who's like a complete hot mess you know in one way another one's a hot mess and we all know people like that and I call myself a slacker mom because now I don't have to be everything I don't even bake the cupcakes anymore like my best friend is his um his birthday is on Sunday and I'm like do I ask him what his favorite cake is and I'm like can I just buy it you know like yeah. that's where I'm at now but before I I never Gretchen I never would have not baked it and it would be like the Easter basket cupcakes and like I made ones for Halloween that had like the little tombstone in it and like oh, you know, I, I mean but I was doing that from the place of what the other moms are going to think of me it was not it was definitely for my kids but it was about the moms and the teachers what they would think of me what they would think of me. And also, this is before Pinterest, so I thought I was like, really clever. I didn't really realize how many how clever the moms freaking were out there in the world. So then once there were Pinterest sales, I'm like, okay, I give up. <laughs> but so <laughs> tell me about you with your, and I want you to tell them about your your journey with your oldest and youngest, how that's different. And because um, I told I told Gretchen that when my, I have, my youngest son is, is in first grade right now, and where I was, when my oldest was in first grade, I was 26. Can you imagine? I was like 26 and one of the moms was 46. And they, I always felt the separation from them, but I was trying so hard to the point where I had like short hair that was highlighted. I was 50 more pounds than I am now. And I was wearing like these lime green lands and capris. Like, I don't know what the frig I was thinking, but I was trying to be like this mom, like this mom archetype, like the mom who's on like the Disney channel. I was <laughs> trying to be her. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, but so tell me about your, both versions of your, of you being a mom and then how your mom being the PTA president influenced your motherhood. Well, I think it all comes full circle. So yeah, when I was young, my mother was like everything, like homemade cakes. And she was like that perfect stay at home mom. I grew up in a very religious household. And so, um, we were just conservative, all of that whole nine yards. My mom was always in the school every day. Everybody knew who I was. Um, and so almost like as a kid, it was almost like a popularity thing because all the teachers knew who I was and all of the administrators and stuff. So I'm not going to say it was bad. It was the only thing I knew. Um, but as I, you know, grew up and, um, it's been kind of funny actually, because my parents got divorced when I was 19 and my baby sister is 10 years younger than me. So she was nine. And so very much like my conservative religious upbringing is not what came from a single mom having to go back to work. And so there's that huge dichotomy in my family. Um, and then when, I grew up, I had kids rather young as well. I was 22 and uh, my husband's older than me. Shout out to anybody who's got that. My husband's 12 years older than me. So by the time that we had kids, even though I was young, 
you know, he was established in his career and all this stuff. And we lived in DC at the time in Alexandria. So if anybody is familiar in DC, like it sprawls like any big city. Right. And we lived very close into the district. And so there were no other kids there, like none. So I had to go out to the suburbs to find like mommy's groups and stuff. And I was showing up here. I am this 22, 23, 24 year old mom. And they're all in their forties, lots of money, you know, retired from their careers, husbands who, I mean, these people have million dollar homes and crazy stuff. And I was just like, not at that place Mm -hmm. Um, at all, at all. And so I was trying hard to find that like balance between my mom being so crafty and always present. And then me not losing myself. I think that's really important. There's like two different types of moms, in my opinion, like ones who live through their kids like they're living out whatever fantasies they didn't get to accomplish through their children. And then the moms who are like, I am a mom, but it's not the only thing I do. That's very- Oh my God. I, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I think they are? Um, and I was that is I call them martyr moms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's, and, and there was something about like the, and, and listen, I'm sorry if I piss any of you off, but there was PTA moms at the time that were like, and these moms that don't do anything. And it's like, you know what? Honestly, you don't know their story. Like I, in the past couple of years, I've become so much more compassionate and less judgmental than I eat. Cause you know, like you don't think you're judgmental until like something comes up and you're like, Oh shit, I'm judgmental. <laughs> so with the other moms, you don't know what's going on. And some people like even the people that flake out, like I know that for somebody that's ever struggled with depression or anxiety, and I, like I suffered with severe depression when I was a teenager, when I was bulimic, and then medication made it actually worse, and then it made it better, and then I had to get off of it. Um, but it's like sometimes, whether they're empaths or not, if you don't know what that is, if you can look up like highly sensitive person, it's people that are affecting, affected by energy. And I'm a woo-woo girl, but if you don't believe in that other people affect your energy, you know that you got that girl that when you leave her presence, you're like, oh my God, she just sucked the so life out of me. Or uh, somebody was pushy. You know what I mean? Like, I know that we've all done that. Like, I know it was pushy when I was like in seventh grade because I was like boy crazy and stuff. And I probably came out way too strong. Like, love me, love me so I can love myself. But energy does affect us tremendously. And kids actually will manipulate us energetically. So my kids, like, you know, they can guilt you into things. Mm-hmm. And so I have a separation in, of six years between my, my oldest son and my uh, middle son. And so you're talking about a world of difference. Like when I was, you know, when my, when I was pregnant with my nine-year-old, I was the, the room mom. Okay. In his class. Now oh, I don't even, I'm like, you know, last year I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll entertain being a room mom. This year I didn't even sign up for the PTA. I'm sorry. I am going to a PTA event today because I was asked to go but um you know I can't function as an entrepreneur and also I feel called to be something different but what I I remember having like maybe when I was 27 before I found writing I was so angry and so miserable and I was so judgmental to myself and others and I was like if I don't figure out something and like get a life for myself my kids are going to grow up and I'm going to lose my shit because I am I am so much in this mom role and so once I found writing, then it kind of led me to it. I, I wrote a novel and then I started blogging and then I started coaching. And yeah. so it's been like this huge transformation that's happened in 10 years of my life where I never would have imagined. But yet I also had always been coaching people my whole entire life. I just didn't realize it. You know, when you look back to when you're, oh, a kid, yeah. you're like, oh, I really, you know, I really was this person when I was a kid. Like, 
like Gretchen, I'm not even kidding you. I had an extra neighbor who, who had um, uh, lost a baby, kind of miscarriage. And I remember her sitting at my kitchen table and feeling motherly, like I have to take care of her. I mean, it's, it's intense like that. Like there's, and that's why don't ever belittle a kid. I, I just actually witnessed somebody talking down to a kid and I was like, you don't like on a soul level, like she might be wiser than you. Don't ever do that. I like, I could talk to a teenager and listen to them and treat them like they're an adult. And if they say something that's very indicative of their age, I don't say, Oh, well, when you're my age, you'll know that. And I, and I will not do this in my forties. Okay. Women told me to this because I'm 39 and I can't tell you how many times people have been like, Oh, well, when you're in your forties, y'all. And it's like, I already can feel that shedding that's happening. That's been happening. But there are also women that come to me that are in their fifties that are like, I want to be where you're at. Or I wish I was, I wish I had learned as fast as you have. And I'm like, don't put me up on the pedestal. Like we're all learning. We're all equal. We're all like, you know, we're all in this together and let me grab your hand. That's, that's how I try to, you know, treat people. Cause I don't like when people act like that. No. And I think so, that but, there's a total valid point with that. We've always had the philosophy with our kids. Like we never baby talk to them. We never dump down oh, I love that. and stuff because people rise to the expectation. I don't care if you're two or if you're 22 or if you're 42, like people will you know, by and large, behave how you expect them to behave. And we've just mm. that philosophy with our kids and our business practices. You know, as moms, I don't care if you run a business or not, you wear a lot of freaking hats. <laughs> oh my God. Totally. I, I have a business question to ask you. I was like, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And I'm like, she loves the gym and she loves um, desserts. And I'm like, oh, I love you now. <laughs> but because um, honestly, like one of my like last meals would be like a glass of wine and, and dark chocolate. Like that's that combination. Like I'll put the chocolate in my mouth and have a glass of red wine. It's like, oh my God. But here's the thing is you're a sales strategist. And I made sure to not make this like a, um, a we talk business where like Gretchen's trying to sell, you know, to you or any of my other podcasters. But I actually wanted to um, talk to you about like, there might be some people that are in MLMs right now. And I was in an MLM a couple of years ago and I realized I had this limiting belief and I vocalized it. And I was like, Oh my God, like why did I have this? I'd rather make a friend than make a sale. That was my, that was my hidden mantra in my head, which is so crappy, but I did not, I wasn't from an entrepreneur. Like my mom is a financial planner now. So she's an entrepreneur, but she was in corporate when, she, when I was being raised, you know, my dad was a bartender. So this is like not, I don't come from sales. So sales was really hard for me. And so like when I would hit an objection, I would be like, okay, like I'm not going to push you. Cause I didn't like that kind of sales where, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh yeah, where you talk to somebody where they're like, just put it on your credit card and go into debt just so you can work with me. I'm like, eh, uh-uh, I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I think there's, um, I'm a very like holistic person. Like you said, you're woo woo. So am I. And I always approach my sales from that point of view. Um, and I'm, I always tell the story, but it's so true. Like anybody ever say something they don't mean, like this happens to me all the time. Like you're fighting with your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever, and you're not really fighting, but like they're annoying you and you're just being short and they're like, babe, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing. And it's not nothing, but you're just not really wanting to get into it at that point. Um, that human nature comes up all the time in sales and it doesn't matter what you sell, whether it's a product or a service or, you know, moon landings, it really doesn't matter. The first thing that comes up for almost everybody is going to be something based in fear, right? Cause change is hard for humans. And especially if you're doing something that's like huge life changing, like coaching or, um, 
you know, something that's going to really up-level their life, like usually the first thing that comes up is fear and that first mm-hmm. how to think about it or I'm not sure or I got to talk to like, it doesn't even matter what they say. Odds are whatever they're saying is just a smokescreen. Like it's not real anyway. Mm-hmm. And once you know that and you acknowledge that if what you're selling or what you're doing is really going to benefit them and they could really have positive change in their life, then you owe it to them to get to the bottom of it. Now, it may not be a yes, but don't let them sit in their fear. Mm. That's not helpful to anybody. So helping them work through it, and it may legit be a money issue. They may not have the money, or it might be something legitimate. I'm not saying that it's not, but almost every single time, whatever that first thing that somebody throws up at you, it's always a smokescreen. Oh, my God. That's that's such such an important point. And you know what you just reminded me of is that um, for me, in a call with somebody, I I was making one mistake is I would actually, and this is not me trying to shoot my own horn. This was actually like a like a flaw. I was literally solving their problem in one call, and I'm honestly I'm not in my ego saying like I'm that good. I am that good in that like I would help them push past one block in one call. I just would, and it, of course it wasn't a 15 minute call. Although I have had short calls where I just was able to. If somebody's open, I can laser ninja my shit right through whatever it is and get to the core of it. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And it's just like, it's, it's something that I can't even be like proud of because it's just, it's, it's just part of my nature. It's just one of my superpowers. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I've studied. It's just something that's easy for me to do. So I was like not getting the sales because I would like help them solve it. And they might come back to me later on. But it's like very interesting where some people, you know, the whole like hit them their pain point. I'm like, that's so mean. That's like, you know, I don't like that. It's just felt so icky to me where I wanted to like, you know, I just wanted to help them. But that was such a weird thing to like learn how to do the sales call. That was definitely a weird thing for me. And I'm reading this book, May Cause Miracles. I'm doing this challenge. Okay. And so I'm on day three and with total transparency right now. I literally yesterday, I opened up the box of fears and I'm like, wow. And if you're in personal development, whether you're reading a book or whether you're coaching with somebody, whenever you are really willing to look at your stuff, you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm kind of scared of this box because you're like, I've looked in this box before and I've shut the box. Or maybe you shopped or drank too much or ate too much, or even honestly, you've gone on like a weight loss journey as a way to distract yourself, like, oh, I'll make myself feel better, which is what I did when I had lost weight. Like I lost 50 pounds and it was 60 pounds. Um, you know, ultimately wound up being 60 pounds. And when I did that, it was a way to try to fix myself. And then I was like, oh shit, this is not really the solution. But you know, it's really brave to be on a personal journey because it's scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you never know what you're going to find, especially I love that box of fears analogy because we all do have things that we don't like about ourselves or we don't like about our partners or our kids or whatever it is. And we put it in that box and we're like, I will deal with it later. Oh, I'm just going to have this one piece of cake and I'll deal with it later. Like, just try And you know what I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm actually going to be such a freaking badass and tell you what my list of fears that I looked at (gasps) because I think that it's super important because people, you know, look to me to solve their problems and, and that's great and all, but I'm still in my own journey. And here's the thing is that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met online that are not as authentic as um, they could be because they're just, they're, they're doing what we do. Like they promote. So they're putting their best foot forward. But what I try to do is I try to be as authentic as possible because as you up level, so you think you have all your shit figured out. Okay. And then you up level. So you go from um, a 
big fish in a small pond to a small fish in a big pond. And say you're like at a Tony Robbins event with like, you know, movers, movers and shakers. Now all your shit comes up that you think that you've solved before because now you're making, you know, a hundred thousand um, or, you know, whatever it is for you, like 10K a month or whatever your, like your, your ceiling was. And once you push past, past that ceiling, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm right back to square one. Oh, there's and so, so much more. Exactly. So here, here honestly are my, when I opened up my box of fears, these are fears that I could tap into if I wanted to. This doesn't mean that I have not done a lot of personal development. It just means that I can bump up against these and these come from limiting beliefs. Okay. So the fear of being judged, fear of being wrong, fear of being rejected, fear of not succeeding, fear of never reaching my full potential, fear about being too much, fear about being unsafe, fear of failing. And then I could add fear of not fitting in, which if you have a fear of not fitting in, oftentimes you're actually a leader and you need to let go of that because the reason why you were never fitting in is because you were meant to lead. And that's something that I wanted so much to fit in that I would be an energy chameleon. Um, and then I would be like, I don't even know who I am. And I had to really like, almost like, like pull away so much so that then I was like, okay, so there are people that are like me. And if I'm going to lead, I have to let go of that need to fit in. Because, you know, we're pack animals, so it's kind of inherent in our nature. But that's my, that's my legit, honest, like, if I was really honest, that's what I would tell you. So if you have any of those fears, like, you're not alone. They're so common, you can't even believe it. And I know that there's people that act like they don't, they're not working on anything, but I just don't buy that. As long as you're in a human body, you're still working on something. Oh, absolutely. You never arrive. I think that's, so that's definitely something I had to work through because I am a huge goal oriented person and I would achieve that goal. And then I'd be like, okay, next one. Um, my husband would be like, but you would like, why can't you just be happy where you are? And mm. it's okay to always want more and do more and look at it really as like my awareness is expanding. My potential is expanding. Um, you know, my network is like all these things. It's just expansion. It's not so much that I'm not happy where I am or not happy with the results. Um, you know, it's just that growth. And I think, you know, it's really easy for us to say, well, I, I dealt with that 10 years ago or whatever, like a, an easy example are people who are alcoholics, you know, mm -hmm. for 20 years, but that doesn't mean that you're not still working on it every day and new things don't pop up for you every day. Mm, yeah, well, exactly. And, also, like, you can think that, like, something happened last year where um, there was, you know, some things that I had to work through that were with, like, somebody else was having a problem, and so I had to be of assistance, but it really affected me, and mm -hmm. um, that shook things up. So there, no matter what personal development you've done, if you suffer any sort of loss or something happens with your kids or your marriage or whatever it would be, um, you know, it, it could be anything, but that will stir things up just like an up level will, and you might have to rework on all your stuff again. And that's not that you haven't done the work. Just think about Oprah, like you said. And also I wanted to tell you that I believe that we are a more and more and more universe because we're always ever expanding. And if the universe didn't want us to desire more, which is an attraction, which is an attraction energy versus wanting more, because if you want more, it's like you're never satisfied. But desiring more is like, I desire more smiles. You know, I desire more rainbows in my life. Like, even when you're retired and you're like, all right, I don't need any more stuff. I'm paring down. You're still going to want one more I love you, one more smile. Like, that's okay. It's that whole, like, settling shit is ridiculous. Like, you should never feel like you have to settle. But so I was on a call with one of my places that I have a support. I have two different places of sisterhood. And um, 
at like groups of women that are sisterhood. And it, she was talking about, um, the leader was talking about how Oprah doesn't just say like, oh, I've arrived. It's, she is on to the next thing. That's so true. Like mm-hmm. she's not like, oh, I'm just done. Like it's like, what more can we do with the magazine? What more can we do with the network? Like she's always going to be striving for more because she's ambitious and you're ambitious and I am too. And that's where my mom when I was in my 20s, I was like miserable stay-at-home mom. I love my children, but I was like praying to God to give me perspective without tragedy. I didn't appreciate how great my husband was or how great my kids were because I was like looking at the moms that were prettier than me, more, had more money than me, seemed to have their shit together where I seemed like I did not, you know, in my mind. Right. And I remember looking at my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm always so angry. You know, I get my, my fire from my dad, who's a Taurus as well, who's Archie Bunker, <laughs> Irish Archie Bunker. Um, and so I'd look at my mom and I'm like, mom, you're, you're always so patient. She's like, that's because I was at work all the time. Like if I didn't get home until after seven o'clock at night, I still think I would be that she's at around homework time. <laughs> but, but she was like, you know, the babysitter fed us dinner. The babysitter did our homework. You know, like that was the time where she came home to just have snuggles. You know, that was what she did. And on the weekends, like she did, got to do the fun stuff because she had a cleaning lady that, you know, cleaned our house. So right. I got to understand her from a different perspective, but I didn't feel like I was good enough compared to my mom. And I had to let go of the fact I'm not the mom. My mom's a Capricorn. She's very ambitious and I am ambitious. So I do get that from her, but we are just different people. She's much more like, I don't want to say unemotional, but she's much more like even skilled than I am versus me. I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate, but I do see that, you know, I do get certain things from her, but you have to let go of that whole, like, you know, mom thing. I wonder how many people, Gretchen, that, have that, um, you know, comparison to their own mother as a woman and as a mother. Cause that was definitely like a journey for me in my twenties. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and it's funny that you bring this up because it's one of my like core missions with my, my coaching practice and my, my strategy stuff is you don't have to accept what everybody else thinks success is. Like what your mom did doesn't have to be what you do. What you're told as a kid is going to be successful with the job and the career and the college. Like you don't have to do that. Like you can forge your own path and make your own way in life. And I guarantee if you commit to doing that, you'll be so much happier. I love that. Don't you think though that success is so different? Like my calendar, I was telling Gretchen that I had like five cancellations this week where it was like, you know, um, somebody's mom broke her hip, like all of these things. And the twenties me would have been like, Oh my God, they don't think my podcast is cool. They don't think I'm cool. Like, you know what I mean? I would come in all these stories, but instead, instead, literally, um, let's say Wednesday, Monday, I was, when it started happening the Sunday night one that, you know, she was like, Oh, I'm not feeling well. I was like, Oh, this frees up my night. I'm really glad about this. And then could we just go to see the trolls movie, which I'm telling you, did you see it? So good. I loved it. Did you see it? I haven't. My kids are starting to think they're too old for that stuff. Oh my God. It was like legitimately, I had a blast. Like it was so good. It's just a um, super like movie. How could it be bad? I know, seriously. (laughs) And so I just looked at it as, okay, so I actually felt freer. Like I was like, oh, this frees up some of my time this week because if I get too much on my calendar, like I do have a ridiculous amount on my calendar this week because it's like, the visit your kid at school day on Thursday. And I'm like, Oh, do I want to do this? And I'm like, and I felt into it and I haven't done it every year, but I was like, I'm going to do this because I feel like, you know, like my morning is free tomorrow morning and I have a meeting um, in the afternoon, like a two hour meeting. So I can do it in the morning and I just have to like work my gym and my gym schedule. I'm thinking of you, but my exercise schedule around that 
um, where I can show up for them and show up for me, which means not gonna lie, our eating has not been at what, you know, what it has been. I used to like my hump, like make a butternut squash soup and all this lovely stuff. And the kids are like, what is this? But my husband's a chef. So if he makes the same thing, he just uses like way more butter and like way more stuff in it. And they're like, this is the greatest. And I'm like, really? so they are having frozen meals sometimes. When it's like my night to cook, they're having frozen meals. I'm not lying. Because it's a lot. Like, you know, I run around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night at different activities. And so what that looks like is some moms are taking their kids to McDonald's. I'm thinking I'm a little bit one step above that with the frozen meals, whether they're organic or not. But I just let myself off the hook and, like, do not stress about it. Because dinner time and the homework time in the evening is very much like, you know, what do they call it? The, the witching hour? Oh, yes. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. And I'm like, to me, it's the bitching hour. Because <laughs> that's oh, just like, you know, sit down and like, like my kids can't at that point. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, we're like, I think we need to get the little kid a nap tutor. Like, and I want to like bitch out the teacher for all the homework. It's so funny. This is what being an online entrepreneur is like. And so I want you to just be able to tell them a little bit about you and like where they can, um, I'll put your website on the um, info for this podcast, but I want you to just like, we're going to close it out with you letting know, them know a little bit about you. And I just want to tell them out there that whether you work with a business coach or a sales strategist, this stuff is so important because when you work with business coaches and sales, sales strategists, they are able to um, have that practice conversation that you would have with somebody and help you bust through your own blocks so that you don't have those calls where call after call that no one's signing up for you. So I can't speak of the value of what Gretchen does enough because honestly, if you, if you're having a hard time selling, it's not about your product and it's not about how good you are as a person. It's that you need to learn this kind of sales mindset. Absolutely. And it's not personal. I think that's the biggest thing that I tell everybody is like your learning curve. And if you go through 50 no's, like I guarantee that's exhausting. That's an energy drain. You're going to feel bad about yourself. You're going to start questioning, should I be doing this? Am I doing the right thing? I mean, that's normal for anyone, but I don't want you to go through 50 no's. You don't have to do that. Um, I came from just quick, small background. I came from corporate America. I was in corporate sales for 14 years and, um, was struggling with the whole family thing and the balance and trying to be there for my kids. And it was, you know, when you're in corporate sales, like if you get a sale, you can't just be like, Oh, it's six o'clock. I gotta go home. Like it, did, it was not possible. Um, my husband travels a lot for his job. And so I got to work for a startup company, which was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got to see the ins and outs of a small business and really perfect. My system was putting seven figures in their bottom line every year. And uh, if I can do it for them, I can do it for me. And I can do it for you too, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. I feel like we need a meme for that. Like you pointing at them, like winking your eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, girl, I got you. Um, but you guys can find me at GretchenMall.com. Um, and it's mall like you're going shopping at M-A-L-L. Um, or you guys can come hang out in my Facebook group. We have so much fun. It's just a group of badass entrepreneurs talking all things entrepreneurship because it's not just about the sales it's support and love and community um and that's bit.ly slash six figure biz bombshells mm, i love that name bombshell and you know what i heard like you know how the term milk was like out and then it's kind of like can feel icky i heard this one about some celebrity and it's mom shell and it's like yeah i have a mom yeah. i love, I love that. that i freaking love that and you know what <clears throat> I'm going to play in your group more because now I'm in love with you 
and I, um, I love falling in love with women where I just want to cheer them on and want to see them even, you know, reach their full potential. And that's like one of my things. I feel like I'm a cheerleader at heart. I was a cheerleader for a hot second and fifth grade. And we, and I was such a dork in my mind that like I did, I had not grown into my teeth at that point. So I remember we went to a competition. Okay. And they called, we lived in Somerton in Philadelphia and they called like maybe Somerton Springs or Somerdale or something. So we go up to accept the trophy and they're like, yeah, not your town. And we're like, okay. (laughs) It was so embarrassing. It was like, this is one of many moments, girlfriend, that you were going to feel like a big ass dork. But then when you're an adult, it's going to be so much sweeter when you realize how cool you actually are, you know? Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so enthusiastic. You finished no, no, your no. You are so fun. I had a great time and I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. And I know that your girls who are listening are the same. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, I just feel like, um, like this podcast is exactly what I was looking for in the way that I was telling Gretchen, it could be very lonely in the Facebook groups and, I'm in a Facebook group where they're being very vulnerable about how, like, you guys don't understand sometimes, like, how, not crying a river here, but we post in these Facebook groups, okay? Like, I, we're, we might be in, even in hundreds of them when it's all said and done, because, you know, there's the LuLaRoe groups and all this kind of stuff. But you post there, and it's very vulnerable, and it's kind of like you're going into the lunchroom, and you're like, can I sit at your table? And mm-hmm. everyone's, like, not letting me sit at their table. And it's like every day, day after day, you have to be brave enough to go at it again and again and again. And not take it personally. It's not about you. Sometimes it's about like other people are in their hustle so much that they're not able to show up for you, you know? Oh, I love that you said that because that's one of like my core mantras is like, it's not about you. It's never about you. It's always about your client. It's never about you. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And this is Jenny G. Perry with Goddess and Gab. And I'll talk to you next time. Yay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.